0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Last night, I read a story and actually now my Saturday night people are my my guinea people. Now I didn't say guinea pigs so I said guinea people. And so I try out my stuff on Saturday night and if they don't like it then I don't share it on Sunday morning. And the Saturday night crowd is a tough crowd. They're a tough crowd. because They're coming in from the mall. <laughs> California pizza they coming in from everywhere. They're a tough crowd, so I had to go easy. And uh, so, anyway, I shared this story with them last night. Perhaps let me see if you like it. They liked it last night. First service liked it. Second service liked it today. So, see if you like it. It's a funny story. Frank and Mabel had been married for 40 years. Frank turned 60 a few months earlier, and they were celebrating Mabel's 60th birthday. Well, during the birthday party, Frank walked into another room and was surprised to see a fairy godmother appear before him. She said, Frank, this is your lucky day. I'm here to grant you one wish. What would you like? Well, he thought for a moment and said, well, I'd really like to have a wife who is 30 years younger than me. Well, the fairy godmother said, no problem. And she waved her wand and poof, suddenly Frank was 90 years old. (laughs) You like? Third service, tough crowd. So just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Just by show of hands, with me? Okay, that's almost half and half. So if you weren't with me, I don't know if there's any CDs available in the bookstore, but you can always pick up a CD from our previous studies here at Calvary Chapel. or Order them. And uh, last week, if you were with us, you know that Jesus was telling us a parable to illustrate that God is looking for fruit in our lives. And even if he doesn't see fruit... He is patient and loving and merciful and long-suffering. And when God doesn't see fruit in our lives, we talked about this last week, he doesn't just cut us down, hack us down. He's a God of second chances. Are you glad about it? And yeah, you should clap your hands if you're glad about it. Will you do that? Maybe just up a hair, not too much. Now here in chapter 13, beginning in verse 10, are you looking at Luke 13? Beginning in verse 10, Jesus is making his way south, going from city to city, preaching and teaching in the synagogues. I've titled this sermon, The Jesus Touch. Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. And how long does she have it, saints? And she was bent over for 18 years and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, will you underline that? When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus, get this, had healed the woman on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, but not on the Sabbath. Can you say that's a shame? That's a shame. And look at verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the sabbath loose his donkey and ox from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loose from this bond on the sabbath? And when he had said these things, all of his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus is teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Which one? We don't know. We don't really actually know where he is specifically, uh, geographically. But he is teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, this is the last time. You want to write this in your margins? This is the last time that you will read that Jesus is in the synagogue. The door of Judaism is closing right about here. And Jesus is less and less in the public places. And while Jesus is teaching, right in the middle of his sermon, did you get this? A woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years comes walking by, bent over, probably some arthritic scoliosis of the spine. Now, we don't know the exact condition of this woman, but we do know For 18 years, she was bent over and couldn't raise herself up. In the Greek language, bent over means, if you're taking notes, bent in half, double bent, grossly disfigured. Verse 16 tells us, Jesus says, this was some type of demonic oppression. Now, if you've been to a third world country, maybe you've seen this before. As you all know, I travel to India from time to time, a couple of two, three times a year. And, oh, I don't know, I think I might have been to India 10 times. And I'm still shocked by the condition of the country and the condition of the people. And seeing people grossly disfigured actually is a very common thing to see in India. I remember one time seeing a man, he was covered in boils. I mean, big, huge boils all over his body. I remember I was actually going to the barbershop. And uh, yes, I do go to the barbershop. Some of y'all looking like, why? (laughs) So I was going to the barbershop. I have hair right here. I'm going to the barbershop and I remember parking my bike and I'm walking up to the barbershop and I see this kid. I was honestly, I, I, I just started weeping. I saw this kid and his hand, uh, like from the wrist down, was like what they call necrotic. And it was like dead tissue. And I think the fingers actually had fused together and it was all black And his leg, like halfway down, was the same way. And he's just laying there on the street. And there are thousands of people walking right by as if he's not even there. And it was so sad to me. And I I just remember I started crying. I thought, somebody should do something. And then I was at the rail station, what they call the rail station, we call the train station. We were, myself and Pastor Nick, were headed to Nilor. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was me, you, Toppin, and Sonny, and we're standing at at the platform waiting for the train. We're going to a very poor town to do some ministry. And I'm standing there talking to them, and this guy just taps me on the shoulder. And I turned around, and I was visibly shaken, visibly surprised, visibly shocked. As I turned around, and this guy, his arm... Was, I don't even remember this, but his arm was like um, just a bone. And it came down to a point. Do you remember that? And it came down to a point. And, and, and it was like up to just right. There was no muscle on it at all. Just a bone. The skin was perfect over the bone. Came down to a point. And he tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around, whoa, whoa. And he was begging for money. And I saw a lady one time, or this was actually a guy, and I remember coming home telling my wife about it. This guy was um, walking through the city. Traffic is going everywhere, people are going everywhere, and this guy comes walking by, and his body is like a dog his back, his legs, and arms like a dog. And he's walking by like an animal. And I got the picture and I get the impression that this woman bent over, are you with me? Bent over, doubled over, grossly disfigured. This woman's like that. Her face is down by the ground. So try to picture this. The streets were paved. They weren't paved. And people and animals traveled on these streets. And for 18 years, she's walking face down, face down. And maybe her face is sometimes by animal manure and all kinds of other things. And if she wanted to look up at someone, she had to turn her head to the side. And when she wakes up in the morning, she doesn't get up and go and stand in front of the mirror and wash her face and brush her teeth. I mean, think about how difficult it would be for this woman to swallow. You got to wonder how long was her hair? Probably short. So as not to drag it on the ground and in the dirt. And I'm sure that this woman had no hopes or dreams of getting married like other women. But what I find interesting, saints, and perhaps you will too, in spite of her difficulty, she finds her way to church. Did you hear me? In spite of her difficulty, yes. This woman, in spite of her disfigurement, in spite of her difficulty, in spite of her pain, she finds her way walking by the synagogue. And listen, if anybody had an excuse to be absent from church, it would be this woman. You know, don't you find it interesting when trouble comes to people's lives? The first thing they do is stop going to church. Is that true? The first thing they stop doing is going to church. It's like, wait a minute. When trouble comes to your life, situations, trials, circumstances, problems come to your life. Church is the place you need to be. Well, people stop coming to church. And what happens is your problems become worse. Your situations become worse. Why? Because when you stop coming to church, you stop worshiping God, you stop hearing from God, and, and, and Satan loves that, so you can start focusing on your problem versus the problem solver, let the church say amen. You start focusing on your problems, and then, and then before you know it, you're, you're discouraged, and you're defeated because you're not sitting under the Word of God, and you're not worshiping God, and, you're not, and your, your perspective gets jaded. When you have problems in your life, trials and circumstances and tribulations, and listen, they will come. If you've been a Christian for more than a week, you know that. You will have problems. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, I don't have any problems. Just wait. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're coming. Why? Because it's life. Get over it. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have Tribulation, but be of good cheer. Somebody, please help me. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So, we have to understand that we will have trials, we will have circumstances, we will have trouble. And at the same time, the Lord is with us. We need to be coming to church. This woman was a woman who's coming by the synagogue as she's always done for 18 years. And yet, we don't. You know, somebody once called this. Christians not coming to church, they called it Morbus Sabbaticus, or Sunday sickness. is a disease peculiar to church members. The peculiar features are as follows. It attacks only members of the church. It never makes its appearance except on Sunday. The symptoms vary but never interfere with appetite or sleep. It never lasts more than 24 hours. It generally attacks the head of the family and continues to spread until every member is affected. Sadly, no physician is ever called. It always proves fatal in the end to the soul. No remedy is known for it except repentance and prayer. Real, real heartfelt salvation is the only antidote. Over the last 18 years of being bent over, walking on all fours, this woman is still going to the synagogue. Now listen, some people say that this woman was demon-possessed. The Bible, listen to me closely, does not say this woman was demon-possessed. Notice in verse 11, the Bible tells us that she had a spirit of infirmity. There is a difference. What's the difference, Rodney? Well, listen, you writing this down? Very important. Demon possession means this. You are demon possessed. <laughs> Isn't that good? That's good. I, y'all need to write that down because you, you got to keep that as a keeper. Demon possessed means you're demon possessed. I'm talking head spinning, vomiting, split pea soup, the whole exorcist enchilada demon-possessed. A spirit of infirmity, if you're taking notes, you write this down. A spirit of infirmity means a spirit that caused sickness, a spirit that caused infirmity. Job had a spirit of infirmity. He was not demon-possessed. Now, I bring this to your attention because, listen, there are a lot of people and a lot of talk out there about Christians being delivered from demons, and there are whole ministries. Are you listening? There are whole ministries built on, dedicated to delivering Christians from demons. And they say that if you have a problem with anger, then you have the demon of anger. And if you have a problem with lust, you have the spirit of lustful thinking. And if you have a problem with drunkenness, you have a spirit of alcoholism. And if you have a problem with chocolate, then you have the Kit Kat spirit the Bible, listen, does not teach that Christians can be demon-possessed. There are those people in the church, and I will never understand it, that they, they want to hunt demons. And to them, there's a demon behind every corner. And if the microwave breaks, oh, the devil done broke my microwave. Anybody know any people like this? Satan's in this and Satan's in that and Satan's behind that tree. And oh, the devil is in this and the devil is in that. Listen, don't flatter yourself. Satan's not that interested in you. Oh, Satan this and Satan that. Then they have services and they want to talk to demons. I don't want to talk to a demon. You know what Greg Laurie said? And I love this. He said, when Satan comes knocking at my door, I say, Lord, would you get that? That's true. I don't want nothing to do with demons. You got these television shows. I think I told you all this a while ago. I I saw on, on network TV. I don't know what it's on, but a television show called uh, Ghost Ghost Hunters and people hunting ghosts. Is that not the craziest thing you ever heard? Yeah. I ain't hunting no ghost. It, listen, if a ghost and they see a ghost, they go, oh, There it goes. Let's go upstairs." Go there's a ghost. Get a picture. They got all this equipment, all this expensive equipment. There's a ghost. Let's go find the ghost. I'm like, look, if a ghost is upstairs, Pastor Rodney's going downstairs. If a ghost is in the house, Pastor Rodney's going out of the house. If the ghost won't leave, Pastor Rodney's going to sell the house <laughs> to you. <laughs> and people want to identify demons. They want to tell me, what is your name? Demon, what is your name? Tell us your name. And they get that from Jesus. You know the story when Jesus was in Gadara and he asked the demon to identify himself. And the Bible says Jesus spoke to him singular and they plural answered legion. Mark chapter 5. So people have ministries where they ask demons to tell them their names. Listen, the Bible says that Satan was a murderer. Watch this. Satan was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. So even if a demon was to tell you its name, how would you know it's not lying? Somebody say amen. What's your name? My name is Peter. Well, how do you know he's not lying? What if his name is Johnny? Don't tell him I told you that. You don't know. So we don't need to be hunting demons. Christians, listen, cannot in no way, shape, or form, can you be demon-possessed. Christians can be demon oppressed. Christians can be demon-depressed, but never possessed. Why? Because, listen, you, perhaps you'll like this. Because you are a child of God filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit and God, I'm going to wait. And the Holy Spirit and God cannot, listen cannot dwell in the same temple is either one or the other light and darkness cannot coexist order oil and water cannot coexist Christ and Belau cannot coexist a Christian can't be demon possessed oppressed depressed possessed never this woman 18 years with the spirit of infirmity you know I think of another story of a woman who was touched by Jesus And it's the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Y'all know it? Matthew chapter 9. A woman came to Jesus. You know the story. She had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now get this. Leviticus chapter 15. That's your homework. It says if a woman were to bleed past her normal time of the month, that she was deemed unclean and diseased. She wasn't able to go to church or synagogue. And wherever she sat, it was considered unclean and had to be ceremonially cleansed. And if you came over to her house and sat on her furniture, you had to be cleansed. And if you hugged her, you had to be ceremonially cleansed. This woman who had this issue of blood for 12 years hadn't had a hug, a kiss, a handshake, a pat on the back. She hadn't hugged her kids in 12 years if she had kids. Can you think of you having children and you can't hug them? I can't think, I, I, we just had a grandbaby, Lucy, she's so cute, her and her fat head, but babies are cute when they have fat heads, a fat head baby, that's my little fat head, let church say amen, I can't imagine not hugging her for 12 years, not touching her, not, 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 not holding her. And I'm not a doctor, and this woman with this issue of, of blood for 12 years, I'm not a doctor, although she must have been dizzy a lot, faint, lightheaded, with all kinds of symptoms. I'm sure she'd been to the doctor, and, and, and she keep, they keep giving her stuff and trying stuff, and nothing's working, and they keep giving her pills and more bills, and nothing is helping. And so you have a physically, emotionally, financially stressed, depressed woman for 12 years, and now she's bankrupt. And this woman was a sick and sad and hurting, lonely, rejected woman with no hope. And so she heard about Jesus. You know the story. And she heard that he was eating with sinners. And she's thinking, this is my chance. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of Jesus, she also touched the heart of Jesus. Because at that moment, something happened in her and she was healed. And at that moment, something happened in Jesus because something, some virtue or power went out of him. And Jesus stopped and he turned and he said, who touched me? And the woman was fearful and she came and she told Jesus the whole story. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. I find it interesting. Jesus said, who touched me? There were hundreds, even thousands in the multitude of people bumping into each other. And Jesus says, who touched me? I think of church. I think of hundreds of people who come to church, but only few actually touch Jesus. Some people come to church because it's Sunday and it's a religious thing to do. But you come, but you can't wait until church is over because you got to have fun. Memorial Day weekend, man, you're like, Pastor Rodney, hurry up. We got to get those ribs on. So I can get you a plate of those ribs. You need to get them. Get over here. (laughs) Hurry up. Well, it's a fun weekend, and we're thinking, you know, we're in church because it's a religious thing to do. Versus we're in church because we need to hear from God. And we, you know, I've heard of churches who the pastor can't preach more than 25 minutes. I've heard churches like that. Anybody else the best preach more than 20 folks be looking at their watch, right? Sitting right up front doing like this, shaking their keys. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You can shake your keys and we're going to have to have you removed. Okay. Look, if you don't want to be here, hallelujah. (laughs) Sometimes you something in your head. You just got to say Hallelujah so you don't say what you're thinking. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. Nobody keep you here. Nobody, the doors aren't locked with no chains on the door. Go shaking keys. That ain't going to work. You shake your keys. I'm preaching longer. Y'all be shaking keys. We'll be here to nine o'clock tonight. Cause y'all know I can talk. You know, you come to church People come to church week after week and month after month and year after year, but they never reach out and touch Jesus. Can I tell you something? When you reach out and touch Jesus in faith, Jesus will touch you and he will bless you. Notice in verse 12 in your Bibles, Jesus saw the woman with the issue of blood as we talked about and touched and healed her. And Jesus, look at verse 12, please. And Jesus saw this woman. I love that. Jesus saw, underline it, Jesus saw her. You know, some people say, I've got an eye for graphics. I've got an eye for decorating. I've got an eye for painting. I've got an eye for carpentry. And I can just see it. I've got an eye for it. Well, Jesus has an eye for the hurting. And he called her, and he reached out to her, and he said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and she stood up. Now understand something. Jesus' response was not socially expected or even accepted because women in that culture were ignored because Jesus doesn't care, listen, about cultural norms.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.